Hello and welcome to The World in 10, where we go around the globe in 10 minutes and hear from the Times of London's experts. I'm Stuart Willey. And I'm Cara Bentley. Yeah, today we're going to be looking at what is preventing women in the armed forces from feeling safe. And we ask how Polish elections could damage the unity of NATO. And we look at the secret life of the man who M in James Bond is based on. In the UK, there's been an incredibly sad story about a young woman from the army who was believed to have taken her own life last December following sexual harassment from her boss. Her name was Jaisley Beck. Now, the training centre, which Jaisley previously attended in Harrogate in North England, has had, in roughly the last year, nine alleged rapes investigated, two sexual assault claims and two cases of voyeurism. And in recent years, instructors at the college have also been dismissed for sexually abusing and bullying recruits. Yesterday, Jaisley's mother pleaded with the UK Defence Secretary to protect young women serving in the army. Which leads to the question, what is going on in army culture that is preventing women from feeling safe and welcome? And is this going on in other countries as well? Well, we spoke to The Times' defence correspondent, George Grills, to find out. Certainly the US has had problems similarly of um, the treatment of women and has sort of tried to address that. Again, in Ukraine, I mean, there were problems there. I mean, it often comes down to almost small things that, that, that sort of point to misogyny in the armed forces a a common complaint is about uniforms you know uniforms uh, which that were traditionally designed for men are just totally inappropriate for women working um in the armed forces and and that was seen in in ukraine and and there's sort of charities that have been set up to try and address that but that's just a sort of legacy issue that the armed forces are dealing with but it's a good sort of indicator of of some of the sort of ingrained problems uh with misogyny and uh, sexism that the the that the armed forces around the world are dealing with. Now, in August, there was an American report by the Special Operations Command into women in those units, and that found that 70% of those who said sexual harassment was a problem were not comfortable to officially report it, citing fear of reprisal, trust and confidentiality concerns. Something America has done in the last couple of years is to introduce an independent process for handling crimes like this outside of the military leadership, something that's not done in the UK. At the moment, it's basically all internally done by the military. Until recently, it was um, complaints uh, of sexual assault or harassment or whatever were handled through the chain of command. Now, campaigners have said that should be moved outside of the military because of its track record and be dealt with independently. So young women who join the army are able to sort of not have to um, report a complaint to someone within the army. Um, then secondary to that, if it does pr- proceed to a sort of criminal investigation, at the moment, those investigations are mostly handled internally by the uh, military police. Uh, campaigners have said that perhaps it's time for the those complaints to be dealt with externally by just the normal civilian police. Now, Jaisley's family has essentially said that if that kind of thing existed in the UK, it might have made a difference to her. Now, the MOD did create um, a new unit last year to replace the special investigation branch of the Royal Military Police, but it is still an internal part of the military. An army spokesman said the army is committed to rooting out all forms of inappropriate behaviour and said they have a zero-tolerance policy on sexual offences. Any personnel convicted of a sexual offence will be dismissed.
President of the United States, says Donald Trump, is there are quite a few things you need to keep secret. One of them, the capabilities of your nuclear submarines. But Mr Trump is reported to have told Andrew Pratt, the head of a cardboard manufacturing company in Australia. He's thought to have told him the supposed exact number of nuclear warheads that US submarines routinely carry and how close they supposedly can get to a Russian submarine without being detected. He's one of Australia's richest men, the cardboard king. Mr Pratt seems to have a similar view towards state secrets as Mr Trump does. He's thought to have discussed this with 45 people, including three former Australian prime ministers, 10 Australian officials, six journalists and 11 of his employees. It's a wonder we didn't know, Stuart. (laughs) And this is according to ABC News, who've heard from sources that this incident has actually been investigated by the team looking into Mr Trump's handling of classified documents. Now, campaigning in Poland's election is currently ongoing, just over a week before the poll next Sunday. And one big issue there has been bashing Germany. And some of the claims have been theatrical, plots and conspiracies, including that Germany wants to turn Europe into a Fourth Reich. Yes, it's all part of a very close election between right and left in Poland. But one particular claim could be another problem piled onto NATO. With us is the Times correspondent Oliver Moody, who's interviewed a senior member of the Polish government. That's right. This was an interview with Arkadiusz Mularczuk. And among the things I asked him was... Is Germany, from Warsaw's perspective now, a reliable NATO ally? That is, do they believe Germany is serious about overhauling and expanding its military? Do they believe that Germany would show up if Russia were to attack? And he said, absolutely not. That's pretty dramatic stuff, even uh, in the rough and tumble of an election campaign. What is the actual effect of all this on NATO? The most important thing from NATO's perspective is that Germany is rearming, albeit a bit slower than uh, some of its allies would like. And Poland is rearming on an absolutely fantastical scale. Um, it's it's more than doubling the size of its army to well, a target of 250,000 soldiers. And on top of that, they're buying um, 1,000 tanks from South Korea, which is more tanks than Britain and Germany have got in their entire armed forces put together. So from NATO's perspective, they have these new defence plans for, for protecting the eastern flank and deterring a Russian invasion. There's a lot of tolerance for uh, disagreements between individual member states. Where the more kind of sceptical point of view would come in is to say the appearance of unity is extremely important. And if you have big divisions between Poland and Germany, not just on military concerns, but on geopolitics and on economics then um, that appearance of unity becomes increasingly hard to sustain. And you can start to see cracks that Russia or other adversaries of the West might try to exploit. Oliver, thank you very much. No problem at all. Today, the German president has made a surprise trip to Washington for talks with President Biden. He's Frank-Walter Steinmeier, and his visit comes as some are worrying about shaky support in the West for helping with Ukraine's fight back against Russia. The White House says they'll discuss their coordination as NATO allies in supporting Ukraine. Now, I've never run a marathon before or even a half marathon, so 
I'm absolutely full of admiration for those who managed to slog those 13 miles. A few days ago, one amateur runner made a remarkable achievement. Yeah, at the Cardiff Half Marathon, Sean Daniels came in 23rd place. Might not sound so impressive. He had a time of one hour, seven minutes and 58 seconds. But what was even more impressive than his time was that the data suggests his pace in the last four miles of the race was world record breaking. And he was interviewed on television celebrating that world record breaking result. But organisers have since said that just would not be possible. They've accused him of cheating. They think he may have skipped a couple of miles of the course. There's been no word yet from Mr Daniels, but if he doesn't refute the claims, he'll be banned. Now, what I don't understand about this story is that Mr Daniels may have still come 23rd, despite the fact that he's alleged to have cheated. (laughs) He needs to Um, work on his ambition. Yes, uh, but there is a a long, perhaps not so proud history of cheating at marathons, of course. Last month, thousands of runners were disqualified from a marathon in Mexico City. And of course, one woman who did have that sense of ambition came third in an ultramarathon in the north of England. She was also disqualified. You may have heard that there's a biography coming out about Ian Fleming, the author of the James Bond novels, and it's been serialised in The Times ahead of the Cheltenham Literature Festival that starts today. And the latest revelation, or claim, is all about the character M from the Bond novels. He was based on Admiral John Godfrey, the director of naval intelligence in the crucial early years of the Second World War. He's believed to have had an affair with a German aristocrat. Now, this claim is backed up by the discovery of a letter written by Admiral Godfrey's biographer in the 1970s, which suggests that the biographer knew about him meeting a German mistress in London, but decided to leave it out of their book. In the end, Admiral Godfrey was abruptly reassigned to India, right in the middle of the Second World War, and overlooked for a knighthood. With the Times digital subscription, there's much more coverage from the Cheltenham Literature Festival right across the weekend. And on Times Radio, you can hear special programmes with some of the greatest authors of our time and the emerging talents worth looking out for. That's it from The World in 10 today. There's much more from us tomorrow. <laughs>